All right, you guys, once again, we welcome you guys to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. I'm one half of the host. As you guys know, I'm the coach. Team USA sucks, man. Look forward. What up? We here. <laughs> and once again, man, we here for it, man. We want to thank all of our listeners, first time listeners, our, our season vet listeners. But hey, let's get right to the nitty and gritty, man. You already said it, man. Team USA sucks. That's the first thing that's been on my mind since since the first loss, but they just want to count, compound the, the both losses, man. So let's get straight to it, man. What, 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 what do you think of the other first two games so far? Uh, Patty AI Mills, Nigeria. Team USA is, is, is disgusting. I don't know what's going on with your country. You know, I'm, I'm Dominican, so I'm not rocking with Team USA. Don't do, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. No, but on a, on a real note, man, it's just FIBA basketball or Olympics, whatever you want to say, it's about chemistry, man. It ain't even about talent. If you notice, look at Argentina. They still have like damn near 40-year-olds on the team, but they know how to play together. Same with Spain. It, it's just, it's about chemistry, man. That's all this is about. Um, we just got a whole bunch of hoopers that have no chemistry together. They're not used to the feeble rules. They're not accustomed to getting all the foul calls they want. So it's going to be some bad nights. And then we got some um, terrible defense. We have no defense on our squad. Hopefully when Drew comes, he'll change a little bit. But other than that, I'm not rocking with this squad. It's it's no hate for real. It's just I don't got Melo on here. I don't really got nobody I really care about. I mean, you know, Dame, Dame is my guy, but you get what I'm saying. Like, the old school team, you know, say we ain't got nobody here, so I don't care about them. Yeah, man, when I look at the team, we said from the jump it was going to be a problem, man, just just from the bigs. We have no real bigs, two bigs out there. Draymond Green is still getting to the rim and then passing the ball off. He's just as good to us as Ben Simmons at this point. They damn near the same player if we want to be real, but – like you said, man, it's it's about chemistry. The Team USA has to adjust to the FIBA rules where they're not going to get every call, as you just said. And their defense is sloppy. The offense seems congested. They don't – a lot of people are passing up shots or sometimes they want to play hero ball at, at the wrong moment. And I'm, I'm watching the other the other teams they're playing against and, and salute to the Nigerians and Australians too as well. The Nigerians came a long way. It looks like they here. They also beat Argentina too. So just to prove that that Team USA win wasn't a fluke, like this this country is actually getting better. So salute to them. But the guard play in the in the FIBA games is a little bit different. They they know how to move the ball. The three point line is 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 a little bit shorter compared to the NBA line. So that's going to be beneficial to a lot of guys too. Also, and I don't think a lot of people know that. And just the physicality is what I love about the FIBA rules and and the game. And these guys are still taking their time to adjust or whatever. But it's it's looking real disgusting out there. I don't know if they can really get it, get it down packed in time in order to go and really represent USA and, and, and win gold. Cause like you said, a lot of these teams already have team camaraderie, team chemistry. And people gotta realize too, they have NBA talent on their roster. It's not like these guys are just sitting in their home country every year. Some of these dudes are American raised as far as basketball talents and now they just go back to their other countries and other coaches are also coming from 
their respective countries and coming back to the U.S. and learning the game also as well. So it's not just the, the same days of not even just the, 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 the dream team or anything, even just the, the 08, 2012 rosters that, that was just dominating out there. These these countries are coming to play. They ain't they ain't got no fear in a, in a, in the team USA, especially when you don't have no Braun, no Kobe on the other side of things. No, oh, that's a fact. Man. I mean, like you said, it it's gonna get worse in here unless they you know get it together. They do still have um, Drew coming. They have Devin Booker and Chris Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton and Devin provide more offense, but it doesn't really help on defense. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. This is giving me like that 04 vibes. Um, I don't know if we'll get bronze or silver. I'm really not seeing if we're going to get, well, I don't know why I keep saying we, because I'm not Team USA, like I said. You know <laughs> I get it, you, man. It is definitely going to be um, something to enjoy because though we like to dominate, it's also fun to watch. Um, you know, close games like we can go back to 08 with Kobe against Spain in that final fourth quarter. Argentina in 04 when they kind of upset us. Like we 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 can go back to those type of games and see how much fun that was instead of you know Team USA blowing out Nigeria by 47 points. Like that's not fun. It was fun to watch Melo hit 12 threes, but other than that, it was like this is trash. So um, they need to call Captain America, a.k.a. Melo, get him on the squad. We need some better offense. Other than that, Talk to him. Man, that Talk I, to him. I'm not stressing over that. I'm not even – I'm really watching it to see if they keep losing. I'm not watching, you know, to cheer for my country because my country is boo-boo. <laughs> and then, too, man, I like, I like just watching basketball overall, man. Like, we just get more hoops and we get to see more players that we either didn't – then Sean on, on the NBA level, we get to see who's who's up and coming too. Like a lot of people didn't know who Ricky Rubio was until they seen the, the 08 Olympics. So we, we never know who we get to see who's going who's gonna to show out for another country, who's going to get upset. It, hey, it looks like USA might get upset. So it won't really surprise me. I won't be any shocked. I'm already prepared for it. But also when you give Nigeria again, they flowers again, just they, they Twitter account is hilarious. They they've been running social man. media for the last forty eight hours and they deserve it, man. Talk your shit, Nigeria. Salute to Mike Brown. They got about seven, seven or eight NBA pros on their on their roster alone. Also, one who's on the Milwaukee Bucks who isn't with him right now. I don't know if he's gonna play a, a lot or not. But again, they got Jalil Okafor. They got Precious Achua, Gabe Vincent. So they got pros over there who who know how to play. Also, Chemezi Metu, who's a, who's an LA native, who went to USC. So again, these guys are just not playing in Nigeria. They should have all, all around. Yeah, man. So these these dudes are coming over to this country. They they doing what they got to do, and then they're going back home playing for their roots. And and I have no ill will towards it. Hell, Bam should have went to go play for Nigeria. Shit. Man, I'm gonna be real. Like this, this is just a disclaimer. I'm, I'm rooting for the Gasol brothers in Spain. You know, I've always, when it comes to Olympics and basketball, I've always gone for Spain after Team USA, just because the Gasol brothers, like you said, Rubio. Just that whole squad, the camaraderie with that team is exactly what FIBA basketball is all about. So I'll make my disclaimer now. I'm low-key rocking with Spain. 
Yeah, man. I've, I've been a big fan of Rudy Fernandez when he got to the league. FIBA player oh overseas, man. <laughs> Rudy the truth, man. Yeah, Mr. Number Five. He, man, I remember on the Blazers. That used to be fun watching. He was he reminded me of uh Andrew Barbosa, just with the speed and the quickness and getting to the basket and able to shoot, man. He he was a fun guy to come into the league. He left a little early, but I get why he, you know, he's a star where he's from. So let him shine. Right. Can't blame him. And he has some sneaky hops too. He was in that dunk contest that one year too. So Rudy Gobin and, and bang on your head. Yeah, that's a fact, but, you know, game three just happened of the NBA Finals. Um, You know, I, I was out in the belt, so I watched bits and pieces of it. I want to get your um, thoughts on the game and how did the Bucks just dominate the whole game? I have my own theory, but I want to hear yours. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I just want to start by saying we can put that Suns and four guys to rest. That shit was annoying. I'm just glad that Milwaukee finally took care of business, the first part of taking care of business. I don't know why people really thought Suns were going to sweep. Yes, they, they played well in the first two games, but they did what they were supposed to do. They they held down home court. And I also knew that Milwaukee was, was as long as they kept being aggressive, they were going to get those calls at home that they weren't getting in Phoenix. So Monty Williams, um, I'm not going to say complaining, but addressing the, the foul call complaints, Y'all hacking the shit out of Giannis every time he touches the paint. So I don't understand why you have a problem with the free throw disparity being in favor of Milwaukee when you guys have been a jump shooting team the whole year and ever since the playoffs. And, and Milwaukee, they just turned it up on, on both sides of the ball. They were more aggressive. I saw more fluid ball movement. Giannis was, was making himself more freely, just setting screens and getting to the basket, moving out the ball better. I think that extra two days of, of in-between games really helped him with his knee. Also, you could just tell just he was just more springy. And then also, like they always say, role players play better at home. And I expected that. Pat Compton continues to, to, hit, to hit threes for this team. He's played his role pretty well so far. Bobby Portis, OG Crazy Eyes, stepped up. And again, once Drew and Chris Middleton are knocking down shots, it's hard to beat this team. And, and that's what happened. Uh, PJ Tucker got in Devin Booker's grill. Like I said, eventually they was gonna make that 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 switch change, and he was gonna make it a steel cage match, and that's what happened. Just leading leading up to him being three for fourteen, and, and that's what pretty much I saw from it um, from the game. But but how? Well, uh, I'm gonna hear your theory on, on things. You kind of hit it on the head, man. Um, the Suns throughout the whole playoffs have been getting the foul calls that they've been looking for. We, we already know, you know, how Devin Booker and Chris Paul manipulate um, fouls, but they just didn't get the same ones, and it felt like a different game for them. They weren't used to that. Um, like you said, they have been hacking Giannis, and rightfully so. He's not too good at the free throw line, but you can't complain after you know what you're doing. But to me, that was just a big difference. And, you know, I've been talking about this since game one that, by game three and four, which is, you know, Milwaukee at home, the officiating was going to switch because, you know, home court advantage, we all know that's going to happen. We all have to anticipate that, but some people just can't understand that still. So you you should have known, especially game one, that the Chris Paul and Devin Booker were going to get every call they wanted. But that's, you know, the tide changes throughout the playoff. I mean, throughout the series. So I knew this was coming. 
I didn't think it was going to be a 20 point blowout. I thought, you know, the Bucks would win at least by like seven or eight, but 20 points was a difference. Um, that can lead into, you know, our next topic. Are the Suns carried by Chris Paul or is Chris Paul carried by the Suns? Because throughout that game, and even the first two games, Chris Paul goes off once they have a comfortable lead or once the momentum is already switched. It's never him, you know, from the start, just going crazy. So I want to get your thoughts. Is Chris Paul carried by the Suns or are the Suns carrying him? Man, this, it, that, was, that was interesting to me, man. Um, first of all, I, said, I, I knew Milwaukee was going to win by double digits when I, saw, when I seen the picture of Giannis walking in with the Black Air Forces. He meant business. So <laughs> I, when I saw that, I said, yeah, that man's going to put up some, some crazy numbers tonight, and they're they going to get the job done. But back, back to the topic at hand, man, just I, I think the – I would say this, the Suns this series in particular – We've seen more of the younger players play a bigger role on this stage and have and also throughout the kind of throughout the playoffs as far as Booker wise and Aiden that that yes, Chris Paul is the leader, but we've seen this young team actually they I think they I will be on the side of them saying they've carried Chris Paul more than Chris Paul has carried them. Yes, Chris Paul has been the leader of them. He's gotten he's put them in right situations in order for them to, to be at this point not take anything away from his leadership. But when I'm watching the games, and even when he was out, we've seen these young dudes step up on the stage in the, in the previous um, round against the Clippers. They were able to get a 2-0 lead before Chris Paul came back. And then also including games, games one and two, we've seen the step-up play of Michael Bridges, who's been huge. I'm a big fan of him, and I still laugh at Philly for making that trade for Zaire Smith. That was stupid. But – Michael Bridges has been stepping up. We've seen DeAndre Ayton play like a, a first uh, a, a first overall pick throughout the playoffs. Everybody's been glorifying Booker. So got to give him his respects. He's been usually stepping up. And then also now we're starting to see the, the rise and elevation of Cam Johnson. All of a sudden, everybody swears that they knew Cam Johnson from the 11 pick that he was going to turn out this way. But I clearly remember on draft day that everybody was shitting on James Jones for making this pick. But and now they see it, it's starting to come to fruition and he's starting to blossom. I thought he would be maybe a starter at this point on this team for for probably like a Jay Crowder position. But Jay Crowder has been serving his position well on this team. So I can't take nothing away from him. But these young dudes has definitely stepped up and and definitely performed on on a on a bright level, man. But but I want I, I want to know your thoughts on it. Um, you know, surprisingly so. I'm 50-50, and everybody know how I feel about Chris Paul, but that leadership is a big difference. Um, you could tell the Suns were on the rise. They just needed a an important vet to, you know, take them over the top, and Chris Paul was a perfect piece to do that. So salute to James Johnson. I mean, uh, James jo Dang, I'm blanking. Is it James? Jo yeah, James Jones. Yeah, James for, um, Jones. For making that happen as the GM. Salute that black man, but I, I, I give it 50 50. Um, like I said, Chris Paul, which he doesn't really even need to, but Chris Paul doesn't really take over until the Suns are you know in the lead or the momentum's in their hands. And he's he's made Aiden better. Um, you know, there's jokes that Aiden's back on the PED, so 
We'll see about that. <laughs> but other than that, you know, Devin Booker is Devin Booker. He's always been. Um, I do think Chris Paul has probably made Ken um, a little bit better. Yeah, he was a top pick, and, you know, he's an older player, which means he should be ready for this moment. But, you know, that leadership is what's going to change it. Um, even the backup, Damn. Uh, Cameron Payne, it looks like, you know, um, maybe he's just playing for a spot, but it looks like Chris Paul has also led him to be a better point guard. Um, I've never seen some of the things he's been doing in this playoffs that he's done in the past. So, you know, we could credit Chris Paul. He obviously, you know, they got to the finals. I don't think if you had, because Rubio was there. Let's say you put Rubio back on the squad. I don't think they're in the finals. Um, any other, like, you know, decent vet doesn't, put them in the final, but Chris Paul has done a good job, has been a great leader. Um, so I, I'd give it 50-50, honestly. Yeah, you could definitely make that. I, I definitely co-signed the Ricky Rubio thing. If Ricky Rubio is still on this team, they definitely would have been the first round exit. But Chris Paul definitely put them over that hump to get to the finals. So I definitely give him his credit for that. My, I, I got I got a solid question real, real quick, man. Does why why is it that everyone says that Chris Paul should should just be glorified? Like you have to root for Chris Paul. Like why why is this such a narrative? You know the thing is, I've been waiting to say this. Even if Chris Paul wins, and I know people love to like live in the moment, he's barely still cracking top five. Like barely, if he is, you know. Um, me personally, Magic, Isaiah, Curry, um, J. Kidd, and then I would put Chris Paul at five. But I still, I still kind of got John Stockton because I, like, I just think he's one of the most disrespected players of all time, and that's another story. But it's, it baffles me how one ring is just going to solidify him, but two rings. You know, that Isaiah has means nothing, and people kind of just throw him to the side, even though he was the main star on a team going against Jordan and those guys. So I'm not, you know, I'm not giving Chris Paul his crazy credit. Like, I, I just gave him his flowers. He has made this team better, but this doesn't put his legacy over the top to me because it's like in any argument, if you want to go stats, if you want to go you know, being clutch because people forget that Chris Paul couldn't get over the hook with the Clippers. He had one game where he finally showed up and that was with that teardrop against the Spurs to eliminate them. And that game, I think it was seven. So yeah, it was like, game seven. Yeah, it's like before that, they kept, you know, falling short or he would keep getting injured. So all of a sudden, we just got to give him all, like super credit in act like his past never happened. Like, nah, we're not doing that. It, I don't know where this pity party is coming from, but it ain't fell for me. Like, I'm I'm not falling for that at all. I don't, I don't care about other people's opinions, especially when there's facts. Because, like I said, you go stats or you go championships or you go ability, all that. It's like he's not head over heels above anybody that's in that, you know, that top tier. Like, me personally, I don't know about you, but me personally, I've always loved Steve Nash and Jay Kidd way more than Chris Paul, just because Steve Nash, to me, and I'm, I mean, you can back up the stats, but to me, way better shooter. Um, playmaker, they're pretty much the same. Leadership, 
pretty much the same. But when we talk about being the star, Steve Nash, you know, without him, those sons are nothing. Even if you put a Chris Paul on the sons back when Steve Nash was there, it ain't the same team. You go look at Steve Nash with, with the Mavericks before he left, they were right there. They were, you know, they were a piece away from being a championship team. And that ended up happening when Steve Nash left. So it's like, I don't know where people get this Chris Paul notion. Um, I think it's because of the lack of great point guards we've had, you know, lately. It's more just like athleticism. It's not real like point guard talent. He's like floor general. You're talking like floor yeah. general loss. Yeah, exactly. He's like the last of a dying breed, so people go crazy, but He's just in a different era. That's all it is because in his era of floor generals, like I said, J.K., Steve Nash, shoot, even him and D. Will were always an argument of who's better. Obviously, injuries hurt D. Will, but you ask a lot of people, I'm pretty sure they say D. Will. And, you know, I've, I've always been one of those guys, so I, I, I don't know. I really don't know where it comes from. Yeah, man, we can definitely we definitely gonna have that that uh top five point guard session uh conversation soon enough, especially if Phoenix wins. But yeah, I, I'm I'm still trying to get this whole thing of why everybody wants to root for for Chris Paul. Why should we root for Chris Paul? Only because, like you said, it, it's it's debatable if he cracks the top five. A lot of people have him in his top five. I have him right there at number five, but it, it's hard. Like you said, you got the John Stockings of the world. People still forget Oscar Robinson's name also as well. So, and he was triple-double king before triple-double Russ. So, again, it's, it's it's really hard, man. But at the end of the day, I I can't root for him only because uh, everybody – and it's not his fault that I can't root for him. It's everybody else that's making this story that, of why we should root for him. The, the narratives, especially at this playoffs, when he, when he hurt his shoulder when they, when they were losing – Everybody wanted to blame his shoulder, but as soon as AD went out, the man started performing again. It was oh, he's 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 incredible. He's he he's on his way, and and like I said, just the the Suns run in itself in itself, and how Chris Paul had to get to the finals by getting through the Clippers. Can't make it. You can't make that shit better better than that for, for him. Um, but again, I, I I like Chris Paul. I like what he does as a floor general. You brought up a, a great point between um, just the, the comparisons of him and Steve Nash. Uh, I've, I've seen that debate before. And even with D-Will, man, I, I was also on that D-Will train too, man. Prime D-Will was, was fucking unstoppable, if you ask me. But like you said, injuries caught up to him. And, and, and Chris Paul just, just pretty much stayed the same as far as, as, far as his career goes and, and the, the steadiness of the, of the floor general that he brings to the table. So... We definitely go out of that conversation soon enough about about um how far Chris where Chris Paul ranks in the in the all time point guards, man. But real quick, man, what's your expectations for Game Four? Um, you know, I I expect Giannis to continue what he's doing. I think people are kind of just because he continues to do it, people are acting like this is nothing. But he's on a historic run, so. I don't really see him slowing down just because remember in the beginning when we talked about prediction, I said, I don't see anyone that can guard him. And it's literally what's happening. Um, Drew and Middleton have kind of, you know, been underwhelming in some aspects, but again, Drew defensively has been great. So for game four, I see the Bucks winning. I don't know by how much. I don't, 
I still can't get the I can't grasp if it's going to be a close game or another blowout, but I personally don't expect a blowout. So I, I got Bucks winning game four as well. And then, um, you know, moving on, I think they'll trade wins. And it looks to me now it looks like it'll go seven. I know I said Bucks and six and, you know, we can always be wrong, but it's looking like it might go seven now. Yeah, man, I also said Bucks and six. Uh, I expect them to win game four. Like you said, Giannis and can't stop Giannis from for what he want to do. He's going to get his. Um, again, I, I do expect Phoenix to make adjustments, probably come out a little bit faster. We'll see how Devin Booker bounce back in game four. He usually plays better after a bad game, but we'll see. The finals are a little bit different. Um, the environment's different. The, the physicality, we'll see how he adjusts to it. But I, I think... I think we'll see the the role players again for Milwaukee play better. They are at home. And like you said, like we said, man, if you just keep giving the ball to Giannis down there in that paint, especially when you're at home, he's he's gonna get every call that that he wants because they are fouling him. I don't I don't understand why they act like they're not fouling this man when they grabbing his jersey and, and throwing him to the ground, then they want to look up. I I don't get that part, but but I do expect a closer game. Um Milwaukee will I think they'll win this one and then game five. Also think Phoenix will will take that one as well. So we so again, like you said, we probably are headed to a seven game series. It'll be interesting to see if Milwaukee can get one on the road because that's the only way, only way they can win this series. So that's what I want to see coming from there. If they can pull one out in Phoenix. Yeah. Um I you know, just for the nostalgia, I wanted to go seven games. Um, I'm also ready for the offseason. So it's like I, I kind of <laughs> want this to speed up. Or I really don't understand why the, the games are uh, so far apart, especially since they're in Milwaukee. Like, why do we have to wait three days? Two days is fine to me. Um, you know, you keep the same energy, the whole playoffs, just because you made it to the finals, which I get it. You know, give them a little bit of break, but. They should have been doing this from the beginning, and that way we'd be used to it. Because now, you know, I'd be seeing it, man. Like these FIBA games, they're not enough. Like these are exhibition games at the end of the day. So you know, it's funny to you know get on Twitter and watch you know people clown and all that. But you know, we still got the NBA finals going on. Like, what's up with the finals, bro? Let's let's get this done before the like before FIBA. We're I'm not really worried about that. I really, you know, the finals changes everything. Like I said, first-time champions for a lot of guys on this roster. Well, everybody on each roster. So it's important to me. And then, you know, that that helps us gear up for the offseason to see who, you know, the t- who your favorite team has to match up against. Like, all right, if the Suns win, the Suns run the West technically right now. So the Lakers, the Clippers, all those guys have to gear up, you know, to beat the Suns. So I'm, I'm ready for the offseason. So we got to get this finals going. Yeah, man, I, I co-sign everything you just said. The winner of this finals is pretty much at the top of the mountain. And to beat to beat the champs, you gotta uh to beat the champs, you gotta beat the champs. So it'll be interesting to see how teams adjust to who's ever roster, if it's Phoenix or or Milwaukee. We'll see uh what teams make moves in free agency and the draft, man. Cause that's what I'm excited about is, is this damn draft that we'll get to another time. But but yeah, I don't like the how we wait till now to space out games. And I feel if, if you were going to do that, you should have did it at the whole playoffs only because now you're probably saving dudes from some injuries instead of playing these compacted games. But 
I guess they got to fit everything in before before feet of Olympics. And people got to realize too, Game Seven is scheduled on a July twenty second. The the Olympics start on July twenty third. So somebody better get this shit in order, or we'll get to a seven game, and then we got to send three burnt out players to Tur- Tokyo, and they ain't gonna be ready for their first game to play either. So it is what it is. Man, imagine if one of them drop out and now you got Kelvin Johnson and one of those little guys on the squad. Like, <laughs> I'm you know, saying it. It's going to happen. No disrespect, but no. Yeah. But, you know, still on Phoenix, um, news came out today. Joe Green is officially going to be the coach of the Pelicans. And, you know, we've already been talking, but. I don't want to – it's not specifically about him, but is the NBA pressured to hire black coaches? I believe right now in the, in the day and age that we live in with the, the social social injustices and 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 our people speaking up for, for their beliefs and what they want, I think a lot of teams are pressured and they're, and they're making this a, a fad of, hey, let's hire these – these hire these black coaches, these first-time black coaches. And I'm not saying everyone believes in that, but it's just mighty funny to me how out of, I want to say it was about seven coaching vacancies technically going into this offseason. And we got about, I want to say, five, five, head, uh, five new black coaches. And salute to them. I'm happy for them. They all deserve the opportunity. Some are long overdue. But – without everything that's been going on in the world, I want people to really be honest with themselves with these guys still have a shot. Like, I, okay, the Nate McMillan's of the world, I think, I believe he still would have had a chance. Jason Kidd, he's had coaching experience, but, but we usually, I, I'm, one thing I'm happy for is that we don't see the same recycled coaches. I'm tired. I was tired of seeing the Mike D'Antoni's of the world get head coaching jobs and, we already know his track record. He's going to put up 130 points. He'll give up 142 points and then lose in the second round. He's going to get dues paid. He's going to let you put up buckets. But at the end of the day, it's the same shit, different toilet. So I, I'm i glad we, we're not seeing that. And then also we're seeing these different basketball minds and, and coaching disciples that are, that are coming from, from under the, some of these other guys. So like an Eman Udoka who's coming from that Popovich coaching tree, we see Monty Williams come from that Popovich coaching tree. So well, let's see what he can do. And again, we got first time head coaches like Chauncey Billups, who deserves a shot. Um, Jamal Mosley, I've been reading up um, about him and just seeing his track record and how he's been putting in the work with the Dallas and other franchises overall. So these guys have paid their dues overall. And one thing that I don't want to see is three years down the road or, or two or three years down the road, these guys are starting to find success and they're starting to turn the tide because a lot of these franchises that these guys are stepping into, some of them need a lot of work, like the Orlando Magic and whoever watched the Wizards hired, they're going to need a lot of work. Um, we saw Phil Handy's name linked to that. So I don't think he'll take that job, but it's just good to see him be be a part of that process. But again, I don't want to see these guys being have the – the, uh, what's this, what am I looking for to say? The the rug, um, just take it from under their feet after they start doing well. Kind of like the situation where we saw with Mark Jackson in Golden State. I don't want to see that for the next black head coach. I want to see them serve their terms out. And if they are having success, to continue to have these long-term coaching um, coaching stints, just like a, 
just like some of these other coaches have, like a Brad Stevens who was there for a while before winning nothing, just getting to the conference final, that was it. So let's see some of these guys really grow into their roles and and, and become head coaches. Let's see what they can do, man. But how do you feel about it? Um, you know, again, this is another 50-50 situation for me. Um, they may feel pressure, but we also deserve a shot. A lot of those guys you just named, like you said, paid their dues. Even the Steven Silas from last year, man, he, he yep. was an um, assistant for a very, very long time before he finally got an opportunity. So, you know, you know, I want everyone judged the same. Let's let's get the same opportunities. Um, let dudes get four or five years before, you know, there's a hot seat because, you know, a lot of these guys, as we know, are going to be on the hot seat early or may not get their jobs back. Look at Nate McMillan, man. He did a great with the Pacers and had to move on quickly and become another assistant coach for no reason. So I just don't want that situation to happen again. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't because he proved everybody wrong when he went to the Hawks, paid his dues, stepped nice. in for a coach, and went to the conference finals. So, you know, the, the same opportunities that's given to a Mike D'Antoni and guys like that, Let's give it to some of these black coaches. You know, salute to Willie Green. Let's see what he could do. Um, salute to Chauncey Billups. You know, the rest of the guys. Jason Kidd. Hopefully, you know he finds more success. But um, I, I know there is pressure. But at the end of the day, I'm glad it's an opportunity in some way because now we can see who succeeds and who you know deserves to be an assistant or who's better at you know not being the sole leader of the team. Definitely. And, and, and again, this is just not to, to the, just, um, to just black coaches. Cause I, I do want to see fresh faces around the league just overall. Like we saw Taylor Jenkins get hired from Memphis and a lot of people didn't know who he was. Even the first time I heard his name, didn't know what the guy looked like, didn't know who he was, but we've seen him find success with the John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies as they're building his second year, he takes them to the playoffs. So Again, it's, it's, it's not just about um, black head coach, but like you said, we just want to we just want a chance to show what we can do because we do. We definitely do have a, a lot of guys who have paid their dues, who who deserve to have this coaching opportunity to be a leader of men. Yeah. So, you know, let's get to it. But we had a little bit of uh, not breaking news, but, you know, a little bit of news as we're recording. And we already have the Lakers on our um, docket. But so it looks like. You know, according to Mark Stein, the Lakers will be looking at Lonzo now that he like he won't be re-signed with the Pelicans. And also, LeBron and AD are looking to play more of the four and the five to, you know, get a little bit more talent and spread the court. So, you know, just that quick news, what's, what's your thoughts on those two things? LeBron, to start off with LeBron and AD playing the four and five, it makes total sense. We've seen... This is a, a one move to counter Phoenix because we saw the Lakers really have little to no success when Drummond was the five and AD was playing at the four. At least now, again, like you said, we, we can spread the floor out, especially with today's game. There's no real power forward out there who's really going to guard a LeBron. Like we've seen, it was Jay Crowder out there who's playing that, that four position and DeAndre Aiden was playing the five. So it's definitely one way to counter um, Phoenix and just adjust to, to what the league is doing. And also, just to touch on the Lonzo news, I, I'm all for it. I, 
I, I was, I'm somebody who's mentioned, maybe not on this podcast, but on Twitter, that the Lakers should definitely look in Alonzo, possibly sign and trade with, um, with the Pelicans for Dennis Schroeder. Um, some people have told me that the Pelicans wouldn't do a deal with the Lakers again, but I'll say this. David Griffin is the, the uh, Danny Ainge of the Western Conference, so he don't know what the hell he's doing over there. And I, don't, and I wouldn't be surprised either if we can pull off a sign and trade, maybe a three-team deal to bring Lonzo back. But I'm definitely all for it. We've seen Lonzo improve as a shooter. Um, his game, he's definitely grown into his game. I'm happy for him. Everybody wanted to write him off as a bust after his first year, but it takes, takes time for, certain, for some guys to, to finally foot in the league in. And I don't think – I think he's, it's, it's only up from here, man. And especially he clutch, he clutch sports. Rich Paul, make it happen, baby. You know what we do over here. And um, so just to get the quote correct, the Lakers are looking for a more – a difference-making playmaker – that would, that would allow Davis and LeBron to spend more time at power forward and center. So a difference-making playmaker, Lonzo does fit that. Um, there's other guys out there that also fit that. But, you know, if Dame is too far to reach for or another, you know, high-caliber all-star, because, you know, I'm looking for the future as well. A lot of LeBron fans are, you know, just looking for right now, but looking for the future as well. So if certain guys can't, you know, it's too far to reach like a Zach Levine. You know, a step down with Lonzo, and I haven't been a big fan, but his progression has been, you know, interesting to watch. So if he's able to be reached and, you know, we sign him to that type of deal that um, Dennis Schroeder thought he deserved, I, I wouldn't be mad. You know, I'm all for, you know, winning. And he's definitely very improved with his jump shot. The three-point... Uh, shooting percentage is actually way better than people think. He's a good uh, rebounder, and we already know he's he's very good at playmaking. So I'm not mad at Alonzo, but let's talk about the the rest of the roster. Um, we've had a little bit of chatter. We've had Kyle Kuzma saying that he can be a future All Star in a um, deserving role. Where? <laughs> we have your boy Trez going off in Instagram comments <laughs> saying that um, him not playing because of matchups is total bullshit and people will see soon. So um, to me, I'm, I'm going to start off by saying both guys, Kuzma, you know, he might get a little bit of pass, but Trez, you know, we've we've been advocating for him since he came. But it's starting to, you know, honestly look like he just, he's not a winning player. He's more of like a self guy. And, you know, with the Lakers organization, we've never really dealt with those type of guys. It's all about playing your role to win. Um, you know, we've had some of the most amazing role players throughout history, from D. Fish to Robert Ory, Rick Fox. Devin George, the list goes on. We've we've had those type of role players. And I know I just named guys in the early 2000s, but if you even want to go to Jordan Farmer and Sasha Vujicic and guys like that. Trevor Ariza. Man, just guys that played their perfect role, you know, and they did go get bags, and that's cool, but we got our championships out of it. So I don't think Trez fits, you know, the Lakers um, franchise in that sense. 
especially if you're going to be, you know, going back and forth with people in Instagram comments. Like that, that shows a lot, man. Like, you know, if, if you're going back and forth with a reporter, that's different. But you're, you know, commenting with guys on Instagram that basically, not basically, but the comments said, um, I guess Trez posted, you know, his Drew League highlights or something. And I don't know why people are holding on to that so crazy. But he posted his Drew, League, his Drew League highlights and a comment said, um, Frank Vogel messed up not playing him. Uh, enough or something like that and then another guy responded and said you know basically let's not get crazy it was because of matchups and that's what made Trez say the bullshit and all that but you know I'm not rocking with it on to Kuzma you know like I said throughout the two years oh yeah you you gotta defend him this your boy Throughout the two years AD's been here, when AD or LeBron wasn't playing, he has stepped up. He didn't do it in the playoffs. And that's a different story. You know, the playoffs matter more than anything. So I'm going to say this. He, he's another guy that, you know, needs to shut up and really do his job and accept his role or, you know, be a man about it and request a trade. And I wouldn't be mad at that, honestly, because we did keep him to be part of the future and his role is kind of like weird. So him requesting a trade wouldn't be like disrespectful in my eyes because his position is pretty much taken, especially when LeBron saying that he wants to retire a Laker and at least play four more years. Um, Kyle Kuzma is an older player as well. So him, you know, waiting another four years, I, I, I can't see that happening. That's not really good for his development either, unless he has that small forward role. But other than that, I, you know, like I said, I wouldn't be mad at him requesting a trade or, you know, us shipping him off. So it is what it is. How do you feel? Yeah, no, nah, just uh, touch on Kuz first. Um, like you said, if he was requesting request a trade, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. I'll be happy about it. Um, <laughs> like you said, his, I would say this, he's definitely gotten better as far as defensive-wise. His overall just play of the game, him being a better rebounder, not the best playmaker, but he's taken steps into becoming a better NBA player. And we've seen the flashes before LeBron got here in 80 of him being the scorer. So if he feels that way and he's confident about himself being a, a, a all-star somewhere, then, hey, he should definitely take that chance. And like you said, I'm not sitting behind LeBron for another four or five years. If that's possible, at least three years, we're going to see LeBron as, as a Laker, what it looks like. So... Best you got he got to do his best for him, and if that's at requesting a trade, wanting to go somewhere else to show showcase we could do and play to his best and full capabilities, then hey man, you just got to do it. I can I can charge that to the game and respect it. As far as as far as um, Montrez goes, let me just quick story time. When I first got to the Drew League uh, this year, first weekend or second, I forgot which weekend it was. You know, Trez was down there. And as soon as he walked in, they they hiked his head up talking about Lakers should have played him in the playoffs. So once I heard that and and you got the the I'm gonna be more appropriate, just the, the bandwagoners saying, hey, yeah, Trez, you should have played more, only because he's going against guys who are fresh out of JC or, or or D1 college and he's eating them up alive. Yo, y'all gotta shut up. Just know we've seen what happened in previous in the previous year with the Clippers. And he was a, a non-factor in the playoffs. We get here and the same situation. And my problem is that 
I'm sure Frank Vogel privy Montrez to this to this before saying there were nights that you may not play, you may not be the six-man role. Because as we've seen from last year, from the Lakers championship season, guys, guys are willing to sacrifice and play their roles for the greater and the bigger goal. And it seemed like Trez always had a problem with that. Rather, if he likes somebody's tweet or if he's going back and forth with fans it was on Twitter. And, and it's just a bad look, man. Like you said, it, it clearly shows he's, he's, about, he's about I before we. So, again, if he wants to go somewhere and just put up his numbers, then, hell, send him off to Cleveland for all I care. But, but yeah, we got to get guys in here who are selfless and, and who don't mind sacrificing for the greater good and winning the championship. Yeah, that's all it is to me, you know. No hate to him, but I'm all, especially, you know, growing up watching guys play perfect roles, even on different teams like Bruce Bowen, Sean Marion, just guys like that, man. Play your role. That's all it is. And, you know, we can we can also debate that, you know, these guys were vets that we watched growing up or even of recent years, guys that accepted roles are vets, like real vets. So, you know, Trey yeah, is still young. You know, he's, he's still getting his feet wet. He got six man of the year last year. So he probably think his shit don't stink. So it is what it is. I ain't going to – I'm not going to go crazy on him because, you know, maybe at his age right now, he's still in that, you know, eye mode. And I don't know if he sees the league, but it's changing. And his, his position of being a smaller power forward and not – having a real jump shot other than that, like, 16-footer ain't going to make it too much. So good luck to him. Um, <laughs> the bigs the bigs in his category, the BAMs, the ADs, guys like that are way more versatile than him. So he better step up his game if you're going to be talking like this. Yeah, I definitely think – I think Trez is still on his – he got this chip on his shoulder, like, prove it. Also to everybody, just because of the journey he took to to get to where he is now, being a second second round pick, not playing much in Houston, then finally get his chance. So, like you said, he's still getting his feet wet. He's still probably trying to find himself as a player. So, can't hold too much of it upon himself. But but again, it's just not the right fit for us. And like you said, ain't no no love lost, no ill will towards the man. Like he he put up the numbers he did this season, good for him. I, and I still hope he does wherever else he goes. I hope he still plays well but it just not the right fit here and that happens yeah and i don't know why you know and this is why one day we're gonna have this topic too but i don't know why people on twitter want the lakers to you know jump and go against him or laker fans i'm sorry to jump on him like see i told you it's not a i told you so because it's a totally different situation he wasn't exposed on defense he was more exposed you know period like he just he didn't fit what we were trying to do and we were also injured like I, I you can't judge a team in totality if the team is riddled with injuries the whole time we had a 60 percent maybe 70 percent LeBron AD dominated those first two games and then he was done for so you really can't especially with those caliber of players two top five guys hurt how could you judge a whole series I, I don't get it but whatever um we would never know what would happen with Trez in the next round. So we can't really talk about it, but I'm not a Twitter guy that's going to go crazy just because something doesn't work out. Like that's life. And that's definitely the NBA. There's been a lot of guys that 
have come over here that haven't worked out, you know, Dwight, you know, we, we can name a lot, you know what it is, but at the end of the day, like we move on. It's the off season is coming. Bigger players are on the way. <laughs> Bigger players are in our reach. So <laughs> I'm not worried, man. Like we said, man, and and Rob and Rob, we trust, man. Rob's gonna get the job done. And and also just to touch, like you said, just on the the whole Laker Laker season, man. Even but but once again, the role players they were hurt with the Caruso's, the KCPs. Just, just all that, it, it, it factors and it adds up. So, but hey, it is what it is. Just got to charge it to the game and, and move on to get better, get better next season, which we will. I'm not in panic mode, unlike NBA Twitter. I don't remember just the, the last game that somebody has done for me or the last quarter that someone's played for me. And I think 90% of, of NBA Twitter has that damn problem. Not for sure. And um, I want to say this before we get out of here. Fuck the Clippers. These dudes got me blocked on Twitter. Or not blocked on Twitter. <laughs> they got my account um, suspended for full 48 hours before I couldn't just I couldn't reach it. I couldn't do nothing. Um, I don't know if they're reporting me bullying them or what, but you know, this, it is what it is, man. I don't know if the fans are getting sensitive, but you can't talk all that talk and then be mad when y'all lose. I don't care if Kawhi was out because at the end of the day, y'all struggled while he was in and Chris Paul was out. So I don't want to hear that. Fuck the Clippers. I can say it here. You can't do nothing to me. My account can't get suspended. I ain't worried about them. I don't even <laughs> call them the Clippers no more on Twitter. I call them the Flippers. So whenever you see me tweet the Flippers, that's what I'm talking about. Because I ain't going to mention their name no more since they want to snitch on me. Snitch K. Hey, man, we've been said Clippers from 63rd, man. So you can't be too surprised. Like I said, I was surprised it took this long for your ass to get suspended by <laughs> Yeah, but I've hey, been man, since I was in high school, like that kind of hurt my feelings. Hey, man, at least you're not blocked by your your football team's quarterback. All right, Derek Carr got me blocked on Twitter, so and I'll even tweet at him. So that's how I feel. <laughs> Fuck him. Not Fuck the Raiders. Right, hey, man. Hey, man. That's the car. Sell the car. <laughs> Sell the bumper car, man. I'm over it. Hey, but before we get on out of here, real quick, man. I know we didn't have this on the docket, man, but let's uh, let's talk about the big three, man. Opening weekend, man. Uh, did you catch it? How'd you feel about it? What are your thoughts? Man, you know, I caught. I, I didn't like the. I didn't like how it switched to like a thriller or whatever that confused me. I couldn't find it, so I was pretty pissed off. But the the game, the first three games, I think it was. Yeah, it was three games. I caught all of them. Um, my boy Joe is still being Joe. I'm not. I'm gonna say this though. I was very disappointed in Nick Young. I feel like Man. what Joe is doing, Nick Young should be doing just because his legs are still a little bit fresher than most of the guys in here. He's still, I don't know. I honestly don't know if he's like super NBA talent, but he's still on that rim. And maybe this was just the first game and he was getting accustomed to playing half court three on three, but I expected him to do way more. I was very excited to see Isaiah Austin. Happy for him as well. Same. Um, I was able to catch the highlights of Isaiah Briscoe. Very happy for him. He dogged. Um, Jared Jack was hooping. Barbosa was hooping. It, it, was, it was a good weekend. It was a good re- weekend for hoops. I was definitely happy with opening weekend. It was. It lived up to its hype. And it's, it's going to be exciting to watch down the road. Um, paying attention to certain guys, you know, 
I still get the, the nostalgia. I was definitely, <laughs> this is what I, I, I knew I was missing something. I was so confused why they let Katino Mobley still hoop like that. Yo! <laughs> Yo, Katino <laughs> Mobley, dog. I, I got to tell the story about Katino Mobley, dog. The, I remember a few years ago, Katino Mobley was hooping at the Drew League. Gray beard and all, still hooping. And it got it got real close. And DeMar DeRozan was on the other team. And when I tell you he put the strap on DeMar DeRozan and then was coming down, putting him in the mid-range and still getting his buckets off, not only did he cap off the game, I later still seen this man at 31-10 still getting buckets on and off the court. <laughs> all right? Catino is that dude. Straight up. Salute to Cat Mobley. Man, he's been that dude, definitely a mid-range king. But that, it was still shocking. Like, come on, 26. Y'all let him get 26 in a 50-point game. He got more than half the points. Like, that's that's so nasty. But salute to him. Um, I'm definitely excited for week two. I don't know the matchups. I, I actually don't even want to look just for, you know, the hype. I, I, I kind of like this, man. Um, it's definitely a good alternative. Um, after not having the finals or, you know, having the finals the day or the next day. And then we, we got so much hoops. Like we said, we have FIBA. Um, I still haven't caught or I've not caught, but I still haven't been able to go to the Drew League. But it doesn't look like I'm missing much. Not, not a lot of guys are there still. I did see the Mosley brother um, kill this weekend. So that was dope to see. My boy was there and he came to the bar I was at right after and was talking about it. So. Salute to the big three. Salute to the Drew League. You know, hoops is hoops, man. I love all type of hoops, so it's exciting to have. Yes, sir, man. As long as it's entertaining, we see we get to see people compete, especially those who we know who who still play the game, who's tapped in and be playing on those levels, man. It's it's definitely dope to see. Uh, I can't wait to get back to the Drew League, man. And just a quick, uh, just a quick news, real quick about the Drew League. You know, I asked Isaiah Thomas on Twitter, you know, was he gonna come down this summer? And Isaiah Thomas will be at the Drew League, everybody. So July 24th, y'all say the date. If y'all want to catch IT at the Drew League, man, don't know what time, don't know what team he's hooping for, but I'll definitely be in the building regardless. So can't wait for that, man. And like we said, just just all good hoops around this summer. And we finally got our, our full hoops back, man. We didn't have the, the Drew League last year, didn't have the big three. So it's kind of depressing times Ooh, in the hoop world, man. Even the TBT tournament, that's this Friday. So Oh yes, thank you. The basketball I actually tournament. love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually love that tournament. It's very competitive. People are playing for either charity or you know, just to get their pot. Um, there's some NBA talent in there. Derek Williams is our first year guy in there. Aaron Kraft has came back, which is exciting. He took off um the last season and now he returned. So it's a lot of guys. Um Antonio Blakely who's had that breakout game in the NBA, played for the Bulls. There's a lot of NBA guys in there. Trevor Booker. There's a couple more, but I'm excited to watch that. Um, that's another alternative to see, you know, college alumni that, you know, probably killed it like Syracuse. Certain, certain um, college teams, they're all joining and playing together. So that's another alternative you can watch when, you know, certain other basketball games aren't on. Yeah, definitely, for sure. You want to tap into some of your favorite plays you watched during high school, the pros, man. Basketball tournament is it, definitely is, is what's up, man. I like the Elam ending of how they play out that ending in the fourth quarter. 
just just everything about it. Like you said, they they compete. They got something on the line. So these dudes are gonna leave it out there, man. One of my favorite teams to watch is the overseas elite. They usually got um, a lot of college former college guards and and overseas players now who are just dominating in their field in the countries that they're in. So definitely want to get in. They bowed out this and, year. That's, that's what? what sucks though. Yeah, they oh, bowed out. Shit. I guess yeah, they got so tired of winning. All those guys are spread out, yeah. Um, Casper Ware and Derek Williams are on a team called the LA Cheaters. So I guess that's the Los Angeles team. I, I guess I'm going to root for them. I don't know yet. Um, I'm still looking at the rosters. I, I have till Friday to choose who I'm going with. But yeah, overseas elite had Joe Johnson last year when they, um, yeah, they got man. upset. They got upset by uh, Marcus Keene, who was killing. He, he's a dog, small guard, but. Definitely a, a heavy shooter. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, like I said, it's a lot of talent, a lot of talent that is going to be entertaining. This isn't just some, you know, put together guys that are friends type of league. Like this ain't that. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and before we get on out of here, once again, like we always say, man, we want to protect and support our black women. And on the note of that, I want to say salute to Maria Taylor and Malika Andrews for holding it down for the NBA Finals. Hell of a job. Get y'all bags. I don't care what nobody say. Um, again, we're here to, to, to push the youth in the right direction. Look out for them. And, and once again, man, Hoops is back, man. You know, tap in with us for, for all kind of hoops, not just the NBA. We're here to talk Big Three, Drew League, Basketball Tournament, Future Things, NBA Draft Free Agency. It's all coming up, man. The the the, the FIBA games, man. We we here for it, man. So definitely again, salute. just want to thank y'all, salute y'all. We appreciate y'all. Luke Ford, man. You got any any more any more words for the people before we head on out? Yes, sir, man. Salute, man. Appreciate the support. And we out of here. Yes, sir. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.